At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. All right, welcome in. It's a football Friday here on The Edge. You know how we do it. Every single game, running down the rotation. We got some smart people to talk about it, too, with Scott Kellen, football handicapper contest winner, is going to be with us in 15 minutes. And Michael Roberts, former LV bookmaker and columnist for Sportsline, is going to be with us, too. Football Friday. This is what you live for, JBT. It is. Football Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I think one of your best friends, Rex Byers, tweeted uh, yesterday that we have a football game every night, but one for the next 32 nights. Yeah, I saw something like that. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to go check the uh, validity of it, but it sounds about right. It sounds about right. Uh, but, yes, we're going to run through the entire rotation. Our two guests, Scott and Micah, are going to help us with that as well. We'll get their best bets on those contests too. So let's start near the top and work our way around here, Matt Humans. We'll begin uh, with another double-digit favorite. It's funny. They seem to be a little bit more frequent nowadays in the National Football League, and that would be the Buffalo Bills who are laying 14 against the Miami Dolphins, total sitting at 48-and-a-half. A slight adjustment from the openers and what we've seen in the look-aheads, right? 11-and-a-half was the original opening number here, and uh, the total has dropped about a half point, depending on where you shop. So your initial thoughts here, would you be willing to take 14-and-a-half? Because I think out of all the double-digit dogs we have seen up to this point, I would think that the Dolphins are the most alive of the ones we've seen this season. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm considering the Dolphins... I think this number's inflated. Like I said, I thought it should be about 10.5. Up to 14 now is probably an overreaction to how poorly the Dolphins have uh, played for the most part over the last six games since they beat the Patriots on the road in week one. They're 0-6 straight up and 1-5 against the spread in those games. The one cover was as a four-point dog here in Las Vegas and a three-point loss. But really, if you look at the last uh, couple weeks, I think you've kind of seen a little bit of an uptick in the Dolphins' play, especially offensively, and I think Tua has played better than uh, most people perceive. But this, still, this is a big number for a division game, and uh, yeah. we're, this is not like a destitute Dolphins team, JVT. This is a team that won 10 games last year, and uh, I still think there's enough talent there that this number should not be at 14. Uh, I wish it were 14 in the uh, the football contest. I would use it as a play. Uh, this week. If, if it's a bet for me, it's not going to be a big bet, but I'm, I'm considering playing the Dolphins here. Yeah, don't disagree with any of that. And as we talked about and do the numbers, Tua has had some pretty bad turnover-worthy plays, but in between those has been some quality play for Tua since he's come back from injury. Fourth highest graded quarterback by PFF standards over the last two weeks. Six touchdowns and adjusted completion percentage of 82.1%, but the bugaboo there is the turnover-worthy play rate of 3.1%, which has got to get better because yeah. that's pretty high. And especially against an opportunistic defense like the Buffalo Bills, They'll make you pay if that's going to be the case. But two has been playing well, and I would agree with you. I think from an offensive standpoint, there's things to like about this team. You want to see if Devontae Parker is going to be active here. He is questionable to play, but right. was a limited participant in practice last time out, so always a good sign that he's going to be available. So we're on the same side here, at least in terms of leaning toward Miami and, and not eliminating from Especially, I mean, I would guess by the time we get to Sunday, we're going to get to like 14 and a half. You know, the public loves to uh, bet these big 14 and a half, I'll play the Dolphins for yep. sure. You know, I'll probably still play it at uh, 14. By the way, the Bills are off the bye. They did lose the game going into the bye. 
And, uh, you know, I've talked about this. I'm not sure what your philosophy is, but like most handicappers, I don't automatically consider the buy to be a good thing. Like, mm-hmm. a team's going to come out of the buy firing. A lot of times I think the buy disrupts the rhythm and teams come out, start slowly out of the buy. So we'll see if that's the case with teams like the Bills and the Cowboys this week. Yeah, I would agree with that uh, wholeheartedly. Uh, the Chargers as well, right? Chargers coming right. off of a bye week. So we'll see if that's going to be the case for them moving forward. All right, so Philadelphia and Detroit, I think Michael Roberts is going to have an opinion on this game. So we'll save the analysis for him uh, when he joins us in about 20 minutes from now. So let's go to one that you and I, again, uh, are definitely in agreement on because we have various wagers one way or the other. And uh, the market's in agreement as well. How about this? The Tennessee Titans opened this week. Remember, the look-ahead was Colts minus 2.5. But by the time we got to the show after opening lines on Sunday, right, it was Tennessee minus 1.5 across the board, which I found somewhat funny because both of these teams are playing some pretty good football at this point right now. But you get wins over glamour franchises. The market's going to overreact to a certain extent, and boy, did it. But the market has corrected itself. We're now up to Colts minus 2.5. We're back to the look-ahead line. And don't look now, humans. We're seeing two and a half minus one twenties populating the board right now in favor of Indy. You know, that Colts run defense looked pretty bad out of the gate Sunday night against the Niners, but overall the Colts run defense has been pretty good. Yep. It's been really good. As a matter of fact, the first time these teams met in week three, Jonathan Taylor of the Colts averaged six point four yards per carry. Derrick Henry had twenty eight carries, four point zero yards per rush. I think the Colts match up pretty well against the Titans. And if you're a situational handicapper, the situation's point to the Colts here. Mm. Uh, the Titans are off home underdog wins over two of the best teams in the AFC, the Bills and the Chiefs. Going on the road to face a Colts team that lost the first matchup and needs this one to have a shot to win the division. So uh, I played the Colts plus one and a half. That was the time to put the Colts on a teaser. I did not do it then. I wish I had, but I'm gonna, I'll be happy uh, with this uh, Colts plus one and a half ticket and uh, – the line has now flipped. It's the line's flip flop. Yeah. You know, Sunday night when you and I were doing the show at Circa, it's Colts minus two and a half. Next morning, it's Titans minus one and a half. Now it's back to Colts minus two and a half. I'm curious. I asked Michael Roberts what makes that number flip from Colts two and a half to Titans one and a half overnight. Right, well, especially when if you go to Visa.com. There are no injury situations here that cause this number to move. No, I, I would assume that it is sharper support at one book, and then the market follows suit with yeah, that, right? right? Because, I mean, if you looked at, and you know, I, I know we sometimes laugh at this, the betting splits, but if you did look at them early, there was overwhelming support from a ticket perspective on the Tennessee Titans early in the week, and yet we started to see the money still slowly trickle in on the cold side, and here we are. So I, I think that makes sense that somewhere, and we know this, right? A book will get sharp action. They will adjust their line. The market will then follow suit because they don't want to be off market. Right. A lot of books yeah. follow on air, not on action. Yeah. But still, it uh, must be pretty sharp play, right? a sharp group that came in early on the Titans and more sharp groups came in later on the Colts. Yep. So, yeah, we're in agreement here. I, I teased them up right when that was up at one and a half. And actually, I, I was going to – I tried to get uh, greedy. I was going to see if it can get to like two, two and a half. Ultimately, not the case. So, I got a teaser on the Colts plus seven and a half, uh, but nothing in terms of just a straight-up side. So, we go from there uh, a little bit further down the rotation. Let's talk about Cincinnati and New York. Not the sexiest matchup. Not surprising either to see that the betting market in on the team that is playing really good football and coming over a win. Uh, any division game, by the way, over the Baltimore Ravens, a blowout contest. Cincinnati up to minus 11 now as of a couple of minutes ago at the Westgate. Yeah. This is on my screen with a total of 43, 11s at Station 2. What do we make of this? Because at some point there's going to be some value on the Jets. You get it, Mike White, uh, not as good as Zach Wilson. I'm not saying something considering how bad Zach Wilson has been. But at some point we're talking about a game that was three and a half on the look-ahead line before last week. Mm-hmm. And now that's an eight-point adjustment almost. That's insane. 
Yeah, you're right. And uh, at 11, is that enough to get you to bite on the Jets? I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. It, tell, it speaks to how bad the Jets have been. With right? Mike White at quarterback, I mean, if you put Zach Wilson at quarterback, I'd probably think a little bit more about biting on the Jets plus 11. But again, right. that's part of the reason this adjustment's been made so dramatically from a three and a half on the look ahead to 10 and a half or 11. Right now, Monday morning, it was nine and a half. Yep. Uh, so I think it's a, it's a decent spot. To bet against the Bengals off that 24-point win at Baltimore, all the national media hype, everybody. Hey, the Bengals are on the cover of Point Spread Weekly this week. Yeah. V-Sense Digital Magazine. I think that was the one that put it over the top, right? Yeah, it is. That's, that's when you know the, uh, the media <laughs> hype is uh, over the top. Now, I'd, it might be a decent spot to bet against the Bengals, but again, like I said, I'm not going to make a habit of betting the Jets, the Jaguars, and the Lions each week. Yeah. Or the Texans. No, I've already got some ugly dogs I'm very much considering this week. I don't know if I want to add the Jets to the card, mm-hmm. right? Uh, all right, let's go to the, the another one here. Last one before we get to Scott Kellen. Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Uh, right now across the screen, Cleveland Browns. I got fours everywhere yep. uh, with a total of 42 or 42 and a half. And look, I, I agree with the market move. Like I think Cleveland is the better team. I think when you look at it from a matchup perspective, their front four is going to be able to generate pressure against a pretty poor offensive line in front of Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger, as we have noted on this show, the second-worst quarterback under pressure this year, just ahead of Justin Fields. So that's not really a good place that you want to be if you're Ben Roethlisberger. And you're also talking about uh, the injury report, too, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, which has not really been great for them up to this point this week. So I think if you're looking at this overall, it is hard not to uh, look at Cleveland and understand why uh, excuse me, it's easy to look at Cleveland and understand why they're up to a four-point favorite. Well, I think that tick up also has something to do with Baker Mayfield's uh, confirmation that he's yeah. going to start a quarterback for Cleveland on Sunday. For me, that doesn't make a difference. In fact, I think the Browns might even be a little bit better off with Case Keenum, a quarterback, in this game because of uh, Mayfield's shoulder situation and the fact he took last week off. And Keenum played pretty well when he had to come in in relief last week against the Broncos. So I don't think that... Uh, in my estimation, that's no reason for the line to tick up. But obviously the betting market thinks there's a big difference mm-hmm. or some difference between Keenum and Mayfield, and Mayfield's more of a positive. And again, we talked about last week, Kenny White, longtime Las Vegas oddsmaker, said a four-point difference between the quarterbacks. I would uh, strongly disagree with that, especially when you're talking about a banged-up Baker Mayfield. Yep, and keep in mind, too, right, if you look, and I mentioned the injury report, uh, Eric Ebron is not going to play here. Their tight end. Melvin Ingram, one of their pass rushers yeah. for the Pittsburgh Steelers, is doubtful as well. And then, of course, Chase Claypool was on the injury report all week but was a full participant in practice yesterday, so it looks like he's going to I'll tell you what, if Claypool well. goes down, the yep. Steelers are in big trouble, and they're in trouble because Juju Smith-Schuster's already done for the year, mm-hmm. right? So if you take Schuster and Claypool out of that offense, what's Big Ben's best hope right now? Throw it up and try to hit a big play downfield. The prairie yards, right? Yeah, that's what the Steelers do. Let's throw a deep ball and hope we make a big play downfield. And that's that's the best thing the Steelers' offense can bank on at this point. If you took Claypool off the field with Schuster, uh, I would bet against the Steelers about every week. Yeah, and keep in mind, too, you know, we always talk about perception, right? Like if I just put a, a, a Steelers helmet in front of somebody and be like, is this team good defensively? They'll probably be like, hell yeah, they are. In reality, hasn't really been the case. Uh, uh, lower half of the league in terms of coverage grades. Very surprising, too, yep. because and, I, I thought this was going to be a, a, definitely a top 10 Steelers. It has not been. It's one of the better pass rushing units in the yeah. NFL, but that's really their biggest strength because even against the run, they have been average to below average in a lot of key categories, including 31st in open field yards allowed per carry, second level yards per carry, 21st. So it has not gone well 
for the Steelers up front either. All right, we'll continue to roll on. Scott Kellen's going to be with us uh, when we come back. Football handicapper and contest winner. We'll get his thoughts on some of these big matchups, including uh, the massive one in the afternoon for us, at least here on the West Coast, Tampa Bay and New Orleans. Scott Kellen joins us next with his best bets here on The Edge. This is The Edge on VSN, the sports betting network. We have some great news for our Colorado-based VSN fans. We have partnered with Altitude Sports Radio. Starting Monday, all of your favorite VSN shows, including this one, can be heard live on Altitude Radio, 9:50 a.m. in Denver. We are extremely excited about this partnership that brings VSN to a great sports city with a growing audience of sports betters. Tune in to hear all of VSN's shows live on Altitude Radio, 9:50 a.m. in Denver, starting on Monday. All right, JVT, I've got another giveaway and a trivia question for you today. This is going to be exciting. I went to Dave's Hot Chicken yesterday. I've been told by a lot of people that that's a better bet than Chick-fil-A. Okay. okay. Now, that's high praise considering Chick-fil-A is number one on my top 50 fast foods list. If you can answer uh, the trivia question later in the show, you're going to get a free meal at Dave's Hot Chicken. Okay, all right. Now I'm down with this. Okay. I might take this seriously. Uh, let's 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 chat with Scott <laughs> Kellen, football handicapper, contest winner at Sixth Sense NFL up on Twitter. Uh, Scott, first off, before we get to this week, uh, last night, 24-21 Packers uh, get the outright win over the Arizona Cardinals. They were six-and-a-half-point underdogs. Game was floating around a total of 50, 50-and-a-half. Uh, what did you make of the result and what did you have last night, sir? Uh, yeah. Hey, good. Good to be with you guys. And uh, Dave's chicken sounds great, Matt. So I'll have to check that out. Um, you know, I, I'm killing myself, JBT, because I had a teaser on Arizona, which obviously lost. Uh, and what really kills me is I had that teased with the Vikings plus seven and a half before that line changed, which obviously looks like a very good leg now, especially if Dak doesn't play. So uh, what did I make of the game? Uh, you know, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, the Packers, they uh, they do what they do and they figure out ways to win. Um, I saw bits and pieces of it. I didn't see the whole game, but I mean, what it kind of told me and the little bit I saw is that, you know, I don't know if, uh, you know, Murray was kind of obviously missing Hopkins from time to time in the game, but um, I don't want to say the moment was too big for him, but I just wonder if uh, Aaron Rodgers and some of that team's experience just kind of um, was enough to get over the hump to, to beat them. So, um, you know, and obviously that game could have gone either way and, and then you look at the debacle for Green Bay inside the 10-yard line, you know, before Arizona had the final drive, which just blows my mind that, that all that stuff happened. But uh, very entertaining game nonetheless. Yeah, that was a colossal screw-up by the Packers. First of all, when it looked like Aaron Jones had the touchdown, I'm not sure how you overturn that. I never saw the yeah. video evidence that you overturn it. Now, let's say you bet over the total of 15.5 last night. Our producer, Matt Santos, had the over. <laughs> what number did you have? Fifteen and a half. Okay, so you're sitting at twenty four twenty one. They signal touchdown. It looks like it's over the total. Take it off the board. Packers were at some point probably ninety nine percent to score from the one yard line. Yep. They don't get it done. Amazingly, Cardinals drive all the way down. At the worst, they're going to kick a field goal, force overtime, and AJ Green does not look back for the ball. And Kyler Murray throws a pick in the corner of the end zone. JVT, can you explain to me how in the hell does AJ Green not even look back for the ball? Uh, a, that's a veteran wide receiver. It's not a rookie. 
Well, according to A.J. Green, told media afterwards that he didn't catch a hand signal or a signal from Kyler Murray on the play. That ultimately told him to run a fade. And thus, well, first of all, the fade's know. a terrible play anyway. <laughs> right. There, that's that's. Well, what what was he doing running that fade though? I mean, he didn't even look like he was really running. I mean, maybe he was, I guess, but no, that's he looked a, like he was doing nothing. Right? Well, and that's the point. Yeah, he was supposed to apparently Scott run a fade route, and I don't know what he was doing. Like we were talking about it off the air, it looked like he was just running straight forward, and whether he was yeah. run blocking or doing whatever, it just didn't really make that. There's much no sense. way it's a running play because you right. don't have any timeouts, and there's 14 seconds left in the game. Anyway. Like, that's a. I don't think enough was made about how bad a beat that was. If you played that game over the total last night, that's a brutal beat because you were right there. At worst, it was going to be going to overtime at 24-24 yep. with a total of 15 and a half. All right, let's move on and uh, break down more of the uh, Week 8 card here, JVT. All right, Scott, uh, let's go to Carolina and Atlanta. Get your thoughts on this. So the Atlanta Falcons uh, just get by the Miami Dolphins. Last weekend, the Carolina Panthers are in a free fall at this point with how poorly they have been playing. Atlanta 3 now with a total of 46.5 or 47. Where are you going here, sir? Uh, I like Carolina here. Um, from a, just a pure number standpoint, I make it about 2.2, so a little bit of value just from that. But and, and both these teams are below average uh, from an offensive standpoint. But I think you know they're they're fairly close. I think in in terms of being below average. But I think there's a massive difference on the defensive side for Carolina. And I don't know if you guys have seen yet. So I have not seen this, but it looks like there's a chance they get Stephon Gilmore for his first game, maybe, and maybe Shaq Thompson back, which would just help the defense that much more as well. Um, so I just think uh, much better defense, getting points. You hope Sam Darnold doesn't screw up. I think there's some value here. And Matt Rule's been pretty good as a dog, uh, especially when he's playing teams who didn't make the playoffs that year. It's only three games, but he's 3-0 and against the spread, 2-1 and straight up. So, uh, And you can run in this Atlanta defense, and I, you know, he Rule says he wants to run. We'll see. Um, but I think the better defense getting points is the way to go here. All right, Scott Kellen at Sixth Sense NFL. You can find all his write-ups on his website as well. Scott, let's go to Rams. And Texans and the news reported now that Davis Mills is going to start a quarterback, not Tyrod Taylor. And the Rams are 16-point favorites in most spots, total of 47. Yeah, just a couple things on this, Matt. Uh, first of all, with Davis Mills, uh, I don't think they've scored over nine points in a game. They had the, except for the 22 uh, points against New England. But even more um, important, I think, to take note of, they've scored nine points in the second half of the five games that he's played. So if the Rams are up by a whole bunch, there's a chance they may take their foot off the gas to a degree, run some clock, and if Arizona continues to not score in the second half, a second half under might might be appealing. For me in this game, though, especially because Mills is playing, I figure the Rams will get plenty of opportunities, maybe short fields. I like him over the team total points. 30.5 would be great. If it's 31.5, I would still play it. We obviously lose a little bit of value there. Uh, and I, I, I think we were on, and I discussed this a couple weeks ago when they played the Giants, um, they've scored 30 or more points in nine of 10 road games. Now that they've been a road favorite of six or more points, the Rams have eight and two against the spread in those games. So they seem to take care of business, score a bunch of points in these games. Um, so I like the Rams over the team total and, uh, you know, possibly a second half underplay, depending on how this game is playing out. Scott Callen with us. All right, let's go to the NFC South then. Uh, one more here because we do get the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the New Orleans Saints. Uh, when you look at this matchup, Scott, this is a pretty lengthy injury report uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at this point right now, but they're up to five with a total of 49 and a half. Yeah, I mean, there's I, I like New Orleans and the under here, guys. And, you know, it's, it's always scary taking Jameis Winston, asking him to uh, beat a Tom Brady or anybody, but um, – 
the New Orleans defense, I think, is very good. They're finally getting their reinforcements back. Got a lot of them back last week. Get a couple more this week. Uh, they're number one against the run. And surprisingly, Tampa Bay has actually been pretty good running the ball this year. But the Saints number one there, so I don't think they'll let Tampa run. Obviously, Tampa is very good defending the run. Uh, you know, so maybe there's going to be a lot of throwing in this game, uh, which doesn't help my underplay necessarily. But, uh, you know, the Saints, they, they've got Winston on this leash that's, you know, about two feet long. So even if they are scoring in, in this game, I think it's going to take a lot of plays and a lot of clock time to score. Uh, so I, I think there's a little bit of value in the Saints, a little bit scary. I don't, I don't love betting on Winston against a quality opponent, uh, but I like New Orleans and I like the under in this game. Divisional matchups later in the season with these high totals also tend to go under uh, at a pretty good frequency. All right, so Scott's playing under 50. That's the best number you can find out there in the market right now, and uh, you can get to Saints plus five. Scott, did you also have a play on the uh, the Jaguars-Seahawks game with the Seahawks as three or three-and-a-half-point favorites, total of 44? Yeah, I like the over here, Matt. Um, I made it basically 45, so there's not necessarily a ton of value, but I, I just think the way this game can play out, both these teams are really bad defending the run, both bad defending the pass. They actually are both running the ball very well, so they should be able to move the ball. You never know what you're going to get out of Geno Smith, but I do think with his big receivers against this porous secondary for Jacksonville, they can hit some plays. And so we've got two below average defenses, and we've got a total sitting at 44, 44 and a half, um, which is well below an NFL average score. I think both these teams can get in the 20s. If they both get in the 20s, um, then this game is going to go over the total uh, more than likely. All right, that's Scott Kellen at Six Cents NFL. Scott, I know it's tough to have a bad trip to Hawaii. How was your trip to Maui, and where'd you play golf? Uh, we played at Kanapali, Matt, so a little okay. golf, a little snorkeling, uh, a little parasailing, a lot of Mai Tais. It was, uh, it was perfect. <laughs> Scott, <laughs> Always a good time. Uh, I was going to say, it's good to talk to you, man. Thank you very much, and good luck this weekend, dude. Uh, you too. Thanks, guys. Got it. Scott Kellen, Six Cents NFL. All right, what you got? All right, so when I'm at Dave's Hot Chicken yesterday, the uh, manager – his name Mike. He just walks up. He goes, "Hey, you're on VSIN, right? You're Matt." And I was like, yeah, "Yeah, how's it going, Mike? Oh, wow. Nice to meet you." He's like, "I know you like to rate uh, fast food places. What do you think?" I said, uh, "This this place is outstanding, and uh, it really is. Like I said, it was recommended to me. Uh, here's the logo for Dave's Hot Chicken. It's over in the Summerlin area, not far from your house. No, right? not too far. No. Right, and." Uh, I got the, uh, the slider and the chicken finger, and there are three levels of hot. There's Grim Reaper, extra hot, hot, and then there are three, you know, weak versions for people who don't like spicy. I got the hot, and that was hot enough, and it was uh, pretty damn good. So I recommend it to you. He gave me these uh, free passes, which I'm going to give to you if you can correctly answer a trivia question in the next segment. So this will be okay. a free trip to Dave's Hot Chicken for you. All right. The trivia question focuses on former NFL great Warren Moon. Okay. I'm going to make you dig into the history books to answer this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back, uh, hopefully get a gift card to a free meal, and we'll, of course, roll on. And we're going to have Michael Roberts with us, too. Don't go anywhere. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, how cool is this? The Sports Betting National Championship is coming up November 5th through the 7th. VSIN will provide live coverage from the main event all weekend long, including on-air updates, on-location updates for all the action 
That's out in New Jersey. Visit vcin.com slash SBNC for more information. Learn how you can enter for a chance to test your skills and win cash, including the million-dollar top prize. That's vcin.com slash SBNC, Sports Betting National Championship, and you can play on location in New Jersey or from Arizona, Colorado, Iowa. In a few other states. <laughs> Check that out. <laughs> yeah, slash SBNC. All right, let's welcome in Michael Roberts, former Las Vegas bookmaker, columnist as well for Sportsline at Michael Roberts 7 up on Twitter. Micah, we appreciate some time. I actually wanted to start with a game that's been pretty interesting from a perspective of movement. No real injuries to report in this Colts and Titans game that would alter the line in a way that it has moved as, this much, but we have seen quite the move here. So we saw a look ahead last week of two and a half in favor of Indy, reopened on Monday, Tennessee minus one and a half, and now we're looking at Colts minus two and a half. What's behind a line move like this? You know, is this specifically sharp play? What, what is, uh, take us behind this when it's yeah. moving around like this. Yeah, lots of sharp play, and I'm about to write a column on all the sharp moves uh, as soon as I get done with you guys here. But that was one of the plays that we had uh, unified with several of the book's sharp plays over the course of the week, different groups playing. It's basically you're looking at the Colts that have everybody healthy this week. They had their full first practice yesterday, I believe, with uh, defenders, uh, the, the all-pro cornerback, all-pro receiver, so they have their weapons. Uh, we saw Nelson back last week. Offensive line is healthy. I, that's what it is. It's basically that. And then you have the, the momentum. I mean, the Colts are playing extremely well right now. Um, I think they've covered, what, six, six games, four games in a row. And I know the Titans have won three in a row, but come on. you got to put a little asterisk there and say, did they lose to the Jets? Really? Did that, did that happen? Yes. It's crazy. So uh, that's that's just what I see, and I'm like, yeah, it deserves to be that many great players, uh, high-rated players on a team that is coming back that you've been without for most of the season is a big impact, I think. Right. There's still going to be rusty a little bit, but, yeah, I think that's where it's at. Follow him at Micah Roberts, seven former Las Vegas Sportsbook Director. And, uh, Micah, let's get to some of your best bets this weekend. The 49ers have not won a home game in more than a year. The good news is they're on the road here. Laying four at Chicago. Uh, Niners minus four, total of 39.5. What are you looking to play here in the 49ers-Bears game? Uh, I'm not really. I don't know if I texted you that. That's one I'm working on still, and I'm trying to get the nerve to bet against the Bears a few times. I mean, you know, what I've seen out of fields and the offense has been horrendous, but I see, you know, the defense does play hard and keep them in games, and and the 49ers have been known to, well, 1-5. What are they? 2-1-4, 1-5 against the spread. Uh, a lot of problems over the course of the year in connecting, and they, they don't really have that continuity with the quarterback position, shuffling all season long injuries, no injuries. Mm -hmm. Now it's just Jimmy G. So maybe there's a little more continuity there. They definitely uh, have the edge, I think, on the offensive line and defensive line. So, I don't know, a road win for a team that's struggling or trying to find their identity again, maybe not the best place to do it. But, I mean, fields and that offense, wow, it yeah. is. You know, and, and I've, I've heard some negative things, kind of the same things I heard about Haskins at Ohio State, that he just doesn't really understand the playbook fully, um, oh, whether he's putting the time in <laughs> or he doesn't. I don't know. He's two months into it. I'm not going to. Buy into all that negative talk about Justin Fields not doing this or that. I think there's a coaching issue in Chicago right uh -huh. now, too. 
All right, so yeah, we did get well, mixed up there. Uh, that was supposed to be the Lions game, which you're playing, not the Bears game. So let's get to that. Uh, Eagles, three-and-a-half-point favorites at Detroit, total of uh, 48. What are you looking to play in this one? I'm looking to play against Jalen Hurts and that chaotic offense. There's no game plan. It's just give him the ball and run around in circles, run around, avoid defenders, throw the ball, heave it, and get a pass interference call downfield. And that rule is terrible. And we can talk about that again. I like the college rule battle. But the bell out, he's had that multiple times. I've seen like three or four times in recent weeks where he just throws the ball deep and gets bailed out. So that's not a game plan. That's like my neighbor playing quarterback in the front yard, rolling around and throwing the ball deep. That's all it is. And it's, it's hard to watch. And the Lions, to be fair, they've had a really, really tough schedule. They've played some tough teams in the NFL that are going to make the playoffs, almost all of them. And they've covered four out of seven. Jared Goff was told to step up last week against his former team. He did. I thought he played okay, could have played a little better, especially there the last uh, interception. But he played well. They were competitive the entire game, and I think he's going to use that. I mean, they're 4-3 and three against the spread against really tough teams. I think they get the win here outright. I think, uh, I mean, I'm trying to find something positive about the Eagles here. And, okay, the Carolina win – was that good? I mean, I think Carolina's been exposed now that they're not v- as good as we thought after a 3-0 and start. That, and then uh, what else do we have that's positive? Out of the, oh, the two-point conversion with like a minute left in the game. All right, we're going to have to call him back. We're breaking up on the connection there. The Eagles, that was an embarrassing performance in Vegas last week against the Raiders. It was pretty bad. Well, I think uh, I agree with this. the sentiment for the most part with that game plan offensively. You know, the disjointed running attack, uh, times to focus on it, times to not, right? Not a right. lot in terms of average depth of target downfield, allowing Jalen Hurts to do things with this offense. It's just getting athletes out in space on bubble screens and whatnot. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be desired with the Seagulls offense. What do you think of Nick Sirianni as a coach? Because uh, early on, I think some people kind of liked uh, some things he was doing. The more a guy coaches like this, the more mistakes he makes, he gets exposed. And I'm not crazy about what the Eagles' offensive game plan here or play calling. Yeah, I think there's been highs and lows. I mean, maybe that's something that's part for the course for a first-time head coach, right? You know, you saw like the, there's episodes like in week one where he schemes up a really good game plan and takes advantage of a bad Falcons on defense. And, of course, there's the game against the Kansas City Chiefs in which they actually did a pretty good job against that bad right, Kansas City right. Chiefs defense. But then you get matchups like the Dallas game where you completely abandon the run. You get that matchup against the Las Vegas Raiders in which you have absolutely nothing. So I think it's the jury's still out. There's some highs, but I think you still want to see more, absolutely, with what they've been able to do. And, look, you know me. At some point, do you make the move to Gardner Minshew? I don't think Jalen Hurts. I, I still want to give Hurts some time to prove himself because I, I think, again, it's a situation like Carson Wentz was in in Seattle where the supporting cast kind of sets a quarterback up to fail. Yep. And uh, I'm not sure Hurts has had a fair shot. But we'll see if Gardner Minshew gets a shot at some point in Philly. All right, let's move on to the Patriots-Chargers game. Micah Roberts back with us. And Micah, the, uh, the Patriots – have three wins, two against the Jets and one against the Texans. They hit the road to face the Chargers off a bye. This number did peak at six. Now it's mostly Chargers minus four and a half with a couple fives out there, total of 49. What are you looking to play here? I'm looking to play the Chargers, and I made the game four myself. That was a little, uh, I don't know, a little nod to the Patriots defense and the coach getting uh, a little extra credit there. But I'm not 
you know, I don't feel bad about the, the Sharps betting the six, five and a half and five down to four because that's, you know, the number was off a little bit. And I feel good about laying the Chargers just because, like you mentioned, who the Patriots have beat. I mean, it's not the best teams out there. And they get a lot of credit for that rain-soaked uh, game where they stayed around against the, the Buccaneers. And, yeah, that was, that was a good defensive performance. But, come on, that was pouring rain. That was like no way people are going to move the ball. So um, I just think the Chargers off the bye right out of the gate here. Plus they lost 45 nothing last year, same spot. You get no home field advantage in this game for certain. It's going to be 50-50, if not even more with the Patriots. But I don't care. I, I like the offense. I like what they're doing in, um, I keep saying San Diego, Los Angeles. I like I like the way the team's going and the direction they're going in. And, um, yeah, they, they should be able to handle a double-digit win here. I get Michael Roberts with us. Sorry, Michael, last couple of minutes with you. Uh, let's go to uh, Minnesota here in this matchup with Dallas. And this is an interesting line move as well because the Vikings are now uh, around. Uh, the questions around Dak Prescott have caused them to jump up to a three-point favor with a total of 52. How does better handle this with so many questions around a key position like quarterback for Dallas? I think you wait till tomorrow till you get a definitive answer. That's when the Cowboys are going to announce. And if it's Cooper Rush, I like him in college. Gamer, runs around, he's really good. But uh, first start in the NFL, I don't know that, yeah, that you can back him there. Minnesota's good. They'll play to the level, but I think they'll beat the Cowboys for certain if Prescott doesn't play. But having said that, with him having limited practice and Rush having most of the practices during the week, Jerry Jones is going to have a major say in this. And if Dak wants to play, Jones is going to let him play. I, I, I can't see him saying, why don't you sit this one out? I think he's – Jerry Jones is filling Super Bowl, and this would be a um, little uh, derailment if Prescott doesn't go. So if Jones thinks Prescott can go and he'll sell it, I think he'll, he'll play. But then again, you still have to sweat that he's going to play. You know, he could pull that cast any moment right. during the game, yep. and then you're back super rush. Michael Roberts. Yeah, Michael Roberts. Hey, Michael, we're up against it, man, uh, but we appreciate some time today. You can follow him on Twitter, Michael Roberts 7 We'll come back. We have best bets and a couple more games to get to as well here on The Edge. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, welcome back to this segment of The Edge. It's brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray. No more spit cups. No batteries to charge your leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's ideal for you. Zen America's number one nicotine pouch is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. JVT, I was able to find Zen. And, uh, you had a party the other day. Where there was Zen I'm going to offer it to you, but you get a little bit too excited when I offer this to you. Yeah. So I'm not going to offer it to you. Anything that alters the, uh, you know, my brain chemicals, I'm in. 
I do have a, a free meal for you at Dave's Hot Chicken if you can answer a trivia question here. Okay. And I'm doing this because Mike, the manager of Dave's Hot Chicken, says he's a big V-CIN fan. He listens to all the shows. Okay. okay. So you have to appreciate that. Uh, the subject is Warren Moon, and I know you appreciate history more than most. Yes. You're like Bruce Marshall when right. it comes to football history. Just like that, right <laughs> on the tip of my tongue. Warren Moon, one of the all-time greats, played for four teams, uh, excuse me, five teams, including his college team. Okay. Give me three of the five teams that Warren Oof. Moon played for in his career. All you have to do is hit three of the five. This should be fairly easy. Okay. I know two off the bat. Okay. I know the Houston Oilers. Oh, that's easy. That's a layup. Yep, that's okay. a layup. The Edmonton Eskimos. Well, I'll give you that one. Yeah, I, right, I, technicality. I didn't ask you about the CFL, <laughs> but I'll give you that since uh, you went off the board a yeah. little bit there. That counts. Can't you name one more? Uh, in terms of who he played for? Wait, yes, in terms of who he played for. <laughs> who he played for. Come on, Barkley. Are you looking it up on your computer? Yeah, but it's only giving me the Houston Oilers. <laughs> so I'm going to go with, you know, given the time, around the time that he played, got inducted the Hall of Fame 2006. Hmm. I think mm. Russell Wilson. Oh, Wisconsin Badgers. No, Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, Seattle Seahawks. He also <laughs> that played was the at the joke. That was the yeah, joke. he played at the University of Washington, too. Yeah. Yeah. Seattle Seahawks, Washington. I guess we'll go ahead and give you the prize since you got it. You know, this actually. Kinda, I get extra credit for the Eskimos. Uh, huh? I get calling yeah, back that's on that. Good, one. you got the Eskimos. I think you probably looked that up during the commercial break. No, I remember that oh, one, okay. actually. I remember that because uh, it's one of my favorite mascots. I was at the UNLV San Jose State game at Allegiant Stadium about a week ago, and they had one of those promotions during a timeout mm. where they asked uh, Chet, the game entertainer, asked <laughs> this girl from high school, young girl, probably about 12 years old, yeah. how many Nevada high schools can you name in 30 seconds? Okay. And she had to name, I don't know, more than five to win the prize. And she stands there, she has a brain freeze, and she gets two in 30 <laughs> seconds. Pressure, okay. man, that'll two, get you. Two in 30 seconds. And then at the end he says, should we just go ahead and give her the prize anyway? And everybody's <laughs> clapping. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, no. That's BS. Well, especially two. You, it's you get two in 30 seconds, you can't reward incompetence and poor performance. Well, there's a great. That's, that's a bad precedent for a kid. I, I, think, I think it's called, is it Billy on the Street, the reality show, whatever it is. And there's a great clip where he runs up to a woman on the street. He just asks people questions. Right. And he goes, quick, name a woman. And she just freezes up. And she's like, what? And she's like, just name one woman. I'll give you this dollar. And Caitlin Jenner. And she can't. She just oh. freezes up, doesn't name a single one. Okay. <laughs> yes, we hear the joke. <laughs> All right. Cool. So I get it, huh? Here you go. Nice. Free sliders and tenders at Dave's Hot Chicken. Here we go. I'm nice home job. alone for the next okay. two weeks. Instead of going grocery shopping, I'm just going to do this. <laughs> uh, all right. With that, let's get to best bets uh, and go on from there because we've got a couple of games to wrap up in the National Football League schedule. So we'll get this to we'll get through these quick. Uh, Hawks last night lose outright to the Washington Wizards. Very poor performance for the Hawks defensively. They actually made it interesting near the end of the third quarter, into the fourth quarter. Uh, cut it down to a three-point game, if I remember correctly, uh, but ultimately lose that game outright as three-point favorites, two-and-a-half-point favorites. So mm. lost there, down to 8-4 for the uh, edge plays here on the NBA. Friday today, Trailblazers minus two-and-a-half. Interesting spot at home, trying to get revenge over the Los Angeles Clippers, who blew them out on Monday night in L.A. 
Clippers, of course, coming off of a home loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Blazers, though, have been much more comfortable in their home arena. Offensive rating of about 120 in those three games they played at the most. What was their offense rating against the Clips a couple nights ago? It was, it was at 79.8 or something like that. It was about like as that. bad as you're going to see. Oh, yeah, yeah. it was terrible. Uh, and then Pelicans plus two. I think, this to me, this is just a play on, on the market overreaction. You know, we were on the Kings. We. I was on the Kings uh, plus eight, right? They mm-hmm. didn't win the game outright against Phoenix earlier in the week. Uh, this seems pretty strong, though, to then flip them as a road favorite against the Pelicans team that doesn't power rate that much lower than they are right now. So plus two uh, across the board now. Trailblazers, a three-point favorite. Pelicans, plus one and a half. So those numbers still available. There you Eight go. and four, your record in the NBA. For the show, yep. All right, let's get to uh, NFL and um, uh, your best bets yeah, here. No additions here. Good numbers, though. So I'm really happy with uh, where we're at as we head into the football weekend. Uh, put in that teaser on Monday. Vikings plus seven and a half. Colts plus seven and a half. Uh, then Vikings plus two and a half against the Dallas Cowboys as a single side bet and Patriots plus six. So best numbers across the board for those three. So feeling pretty good reading the market correctly at the beginning of the week. Hopefully a uh, follow-up for a really good weekend this weekend as well in the NFL. Well, I hope you have a good weekend. We have some similar plays here and uh, best bets for me. Like I said, I put these up early in the week and bet (laughs) bet these early in the week and got Colts plus one and a half against the Titans, Patriots plus five and a half against the Chargers. You got six on that game and the Vikings plus two and a half against the Cowboys. I've called... We'll talk about this uh, Vikings-Cowboys game in a minute, so I'll delay that. And I'll go to uh, best bets for college football. We've got a bunch of them this week. And uh, we're going to start with the first two plays I put up. Michigan State plus 4.5 against Michigan and Stanford minus 2 over Washington. Uh, Also, in addition, UCLA plus 6.5 against Utah. That's Saturday night in Salt Lake City. Purdue plus 7.5 against Nebraska. Purdue much better in the dog roll especially the road dog roll under Jeff Brom. Texas plus three and a half at Baylor. Plus three, sorry, plus three at Baylor. Fresno State in another late game Saturday, plus one at San Diego State. We're also going Michigan, Michigan State under 50 and a half. I talked about this with uh, Danny Burke on the Rush Hour show early in the week. And Florida plus 14 and a half against Georgia. Brian Edwards, one of our guests this week, very strong in the SEC, likes the Gators a lot in that game, and I do too. Um not to say it's a bigger play than anything else I've got on there. In fact, it's a little bit smaller, but did play Florida plus 14.5. That game, that number might have 15 by tomorrow. I know there's a lot of betting support for Georgia. Mike? Georgia defense allowing 6.6 points per game, by the way. Yep. That's right. Well, the EPA numbers are crazy. Like they're, It's insane what they've done defensively. But, you know, strong arguments made that their schedule hasn't been the most toughest. And. The Gators did step up against Alabama in that two-point loss in September. Yep. I think it's a really strong college football schedule this weekend. I've got eight plays there. I've probably got, I think I'll have a total of about 12 bets by uh, Saturday, plus live betting. Looking forward it's to It's going to be a big day of college football. All right. Uh, with that, we got to clean up the board here really quickly in the National Football League. Uh, I mentioned in passing the uh, number on that Dallas-Minnesota game. We've seen quite the reaction here from the market all around this injury for one Dak Prescott. Vikings up to a three-point favorite. Uh, in lieu, of course, of the news. And Mike McCarthy had a, a very interesting quote today, too, where it was, ah, you know, it's the seventh game. we got a lot of football left to be played. So kind of really <laughs> actually opening the door a little bit in terms of maybe Dak Prescott well, missing I mean, that, this that indicates the coach is saying, hey, you know what? We're, we got a whole season ahead of us. We can afford to lose this game without that. Right, and I, I honestly think, too, look, a 17th game, one game might not seem like that much, but adding a game on the schedule gives you just that much more room, right, for error. If Especially you're when you Cowboys. play in the NFC East, JVT. Right. Look <laughs> at the records of the other three teams in that division. You don't really have to worry That's... about anybody sneaking up on you in that division at this point. Cowboys are 6-0 and ATS at this point, number one scoring offense in the NFL, 34.2 points a game. I think this Vikings defense could slow the Cowboys down even with Dak. 
at quarterback. I kind of look at Cooper Rush as a poor man's Tony Romo. He can run around. He can make some plays. He's going to make some mistakes as well. I got the Vikings uh, plus two, actually, in this one. Right? Yep. Plus two. I got two and a half. Plus two, Let's two and it. a half. He's the bump. Yep. All right, uh, other game that we have actually, we haven't talked about this one for a second. It's not the best game on the board. Washington against Denver. Uh, the Broncos right now, here's the, the questions for the Broncos at this point. Uh, their injury questions across the board. Looks like Von Miller's in danger of uh, missing this game. Uh, you have others in the, um, in the wide receiving core as well in question two for the Denver Broncos against the Washington team that has absolutely nothing defensively. So you're at three and a half. Some fours popping up now with a total of 44 and a half. But uh, there are much better games to bet on. Yeah, you might look over the total in that one as yep. well. Uh, both defenses are uh, pretty weak at this point. Washington, I thought, played well for the most part against the Packers last week. Need to execute better in the red zone, and that would have been a totally different game. Uh, so maybe Washington is a, a live dog here and over the total. How about Monday night? Let's finish it up with Giants and Chiefs. How about this number? Daniel Jones. Uh, five. Daniel Jones, 12-4 and four against the spread as a road dog. Giants yeah. getting... Nine and a half. He did see 10. You still see a 10 out there, total of 52. Any play for you on Monday night in Kansas City? I mean, if we're going to talk about getting up to like that 10 range uh, with the Kansas City team that, you know, has shown slight, very slight improvements defensively, but it's still pretty overvalued, I wouldn't turn, I wouldn't turn my nose up at the New York Giants on Monday night. You want to get kickoff, though, right? You want to get 10? Yeah, it's going to get to 10, 10. And, and there's a couple 10s still out there in the market right now. Bet MGM, Caesars have 10s. So if you like the dog on Monday night, that's where you bet it. Yep. All right, that does it for us. Uh, again, vcin.com slash podcast. Miss out on any part of this show or your other favorite shows. We're going to be back on Sunday night, of course, for the opening lines. That is going to be 8 p.m. Pacific time on Halloween. How about that? Spooky. My Guys in the Desert coming up next.